Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of The Good, The Bad and The Ugly Truth About Endo. Today we're with Beth. Beth, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, um, I'm Beth. I'm the Deputy Director of Endo Support United along with the amazing Emily, who I'm sure will be featuring on the podcast very soon. Um, I'm 20 and I'm so happy to be here talking to Kerry today and to be part of the team. Well, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I've spoken you. to Emily. She'll be on soon with a couple of weeks and she'll be joining me. Oh, amazing. Um, so I brought you on today because I wanted to find out a bit more about your journey and what you've been through so far Um, obviously what you're comfortable telling everyone. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about your journey so far? Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Um, so I was diagnosed with endometriosis uh, when I had not long turned 18. Um, I'd had quite severe symptoms continually like worsening from when I was probably about 17 and a half maybe mm-hmm. um but looking back I actually did have symptoms probably from about age 12 um but they just weren't as bad as they got when I was a bit older if that yeah. makes sense um but they were definitely present so I did have a couple of like hospital trips and stuff but as a lot of people with endometriosis anyway but especially teenagers experience I was just kind of dismissed it was put down to my mental health and things like that um but I was very lucky to eventually see doctors who really did listen to me um when I was a bit older and then eventually get the diagnosis yeah you've got a really supportive family haven't you yeah I'm so lucky um my family and my friends are so amazing um they've made things so much easier and I'm yeah I'm really really lucky to have an amazing support system in my life um of quite a few people who just genuinely have been so supportive and really tried to understand as well because I think it is like a lot of things in life endometriosis is something that's very difficult to get your head around unless you've experienced it yourself so to have people in my life who try to understand and who do support me and do some research and things like that various there's so many even little things that some of my friends and family do that they probably don't even realize they're doing it but how much it like helps me knowing that they've gone out of their way to like find out what it really is or to help support Endo Support United who they know that I work for um yeah so many things like that um have literally boosted me so much and helped me get to a much better place than I was in a year and a half or two years ago so I'm really really grateful for that. That's good it can be difficult without family support and having that support system just makes a world of difference. Uh, What was school like when you first became ill? Um it's yeah it was it's a strange one I the first time I was properly ill with what my mum and I now believe to have been my first kind of flare-up of endometriosis uh, was actually in the Easter holidays Mm. so I didn't end up missing like just coincidentally that was probably like the biggest like event when I was younger that happened um 
in relation to this so I didn't actually end up missing school because of that although everyone I say everyone I mean some of the medical professionals I st saw still found a way to be like oh she just wants to miss school I was like but, but I'm not at school anyway it's the Easter holidays <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it's I did miss quite a lot of school um because things like with my periods, I would just be in a lot of pain and things like that. So it was, if I physically wouldn't always be able to go to school, but a lot of the time I did kind of force myself through it because I thought it was normal. I thought everyone was having the really kind of severe symptoms that I was having. Yeah. Uh, and then as I got older, I learned that actually that's not the case and it would have been perfectly acceptable for me to take more time off than I did. Uh, to kind of support my physical health uh, and also my mental health because it then had like a knock-on effect on each other I think because there was anxiety about missing school especially when it came to exams and things but then there was also anxiety about going to school because what if I'm in too much pain and so on so I was lucky I think that a, my mum has always been quite supportive of this. So if I was in too much pain, she wasn't like forcing me to go to school. Um, but also that my symptoms, while they were present while I was at school, they weren't constant, which they have been as I've gotten older. Yeah. And they just weren't as bad as they were as I've gotten older. So I think I'm lucky there because I think it must be so difficult to go through very severe symptoms when you're at school of course having endometriosis in any capacity um or like suffering your periods suffering with your periods sorry rather than just having necessarily endometriosis having any other issues must be really difficult when you're at school um but especially as I've gotten older and seen how severe it can get for both myself and other people yeah I think I'm kind of grateful that it didn't get worse for me earlier if that makes sense <laughs> Yeah, it does. Um, touching on something you said there about being in school and you don't know if it's normal because even in this day, it's still a very hush-hush subject. Nobody talks openly about their periods and the pain they suffer. So, of course, everyone thinks, well, if she can handle it, I should be able to handle it. And it's just not the case. It's, we need... No, for sure. I think there needs to be something in place in schools so that more people come forward. Yeah, definitely. I think people almost, I know I was kind of embarrassed to kind of confess, like, yeah, I actually can't get out of bed today because I'm in that much pain because I genuinely had been told by some people and also believed myself that I just had a low pain threshold and the because I was kind of having, in the early years of school I didn't really have a great time I had some kind of just friendship problems and things like which again a lot of people go through it's still it's just not very nice um as secondary school is for many <laughs> yeah um but yeah I just think it would be so to have like some kind of system in schools so that girls are aware that if they need a day off they can have a day off like because it is, it's difficult, even if you don't have endometriosis or another um, condition that affects your periods, it's not easy, like, being a teenager 
especially a teenager who has periods. So that needs to be talked about and accepted as a reality rather than something that we should be like shutting up about because it's a part of life. Um, So while yes, it's something we learn to manage and live with, that doesn't mean we just kind of should have to put up and shut up and push ourselves through pain that isn't manageable. No one should have to do that. It's not fair. Yeah. I mean, I've been in the shops and I even see adults who go down to the aisle, they'll pick up the sanitary towels, put them in the basket and their heads are down walking away like they've just picked up something that should be, I don't know, they shouldn't be allowed to purchase. It's, you know, when you've got adults doing it. Yeah, I don't know it's to me it's nothing that should be embarrassing or hard to talk about as you say half the population go through it you know it's no exactly yeah and I think it is so kind of difficult because for generations people have been like had it ingrained into them by society that it's like a dirty thing and that it's embarrassing and you know it's not polite to talk about it but at the end of the day like you said half the population go through it so why should anyone be made to feel ashamed of a perfectly natural bodily function Um, exactly so like as we kind of said it is quite a difficult thing to go through as a young person anyway but obviously having that added symptoms and difficulties that comes with endometriosis makes it so much harder to go through and harder to talk about so I think that's a barrier that really needs to be broken down exactly I think so too um so what's the hardest thing you've found up until now um I think for me personally on my kind of journey with my health and chronic illness um especially endometriosis The hardest thing has been how I kind of, my physical health got a lot better. Like, even though I never had considered myself to someone who had, like, suffered with chronic illnesses um, when I was at secondary school, for example, even though looking back, there definitely were problems there. But at the time, Mm. I just kind of thought stuff was noticeable and got on with it. And, you know, it wasn't massively severe or anything. Um, I was able to have quite a normal life um if that makes sense yeah Uh, then I went to performing arts college had the best time was so happy made some lovely friends kept in touch with my amazing old friends was just kind of living life you know getting up to so much socially and education wise and extracurriculars and I was loving it I was so busy but I was having such a great time Mm. and then all of a sudden I kind of was going into my second year and I just gradually was like something isn't right and then everything just kind of went from there like with various health problems one of the central ones being endometriosis just kind of flared up and then never flared back down again so in the case of where I kind of went from the most active and healthiest I've ever been to the worst I've ever been in terms of my physical health in such a short space of time was a hard thing to deal with I think especially because I was only 17 so that is quite young um and I didn't really have many people around me going through a similar thing Mm. um 
most of my friends were still like living their best lives which is obviously amazing <laughs> um and like I was it always makes me so happy to see them doing stuff like that but it was kind of like I went from being able to participate in that to not being able to participate um mm. which was just not very nice for quite a few reasons um but obviously I was very lucky to have very supportive friends and family um as I said before but yeah I think for me that's probably the worst part of my journey as such uh was that like drastic shift yeah in the way my kind of lifestyle was and just I don't really know how to handle that at the time I'm not surprised um for something that just cropped up so quickly it can definitely devastate um I don't envy you at all <laughs> I was <Yeah. laughs> I think I was quite lucky in the sense that I've always had endo from my first period um it was very very heavy very painful so I've never really known any different but yeah yeah were your friends yeah definitely. did they keep in touch after yeah they did I was so lucky that my friends and my college like I missed so much college the um last two years that I was there um so so much like I was probably off more than I was there which was a shame because I loved being at college um it was like my happy place uh so that was obviously not great but it made it so much easier knowing that like my peers and also my teachers were so supportive and were catching me up when it was needed and kind of helping me out by giving me extensions and stuff like that when that was necessary uh I think if they hadn't been so supportive and helpful it would have been very very difficult and I could have ended up not necessarily getting my grades but because I was incredibly fortunate to have all of their support it made a real difference to me oh that's great I'm glad you had the support of them um yeah as I'm you so say, it can be that. difficult when there isn't anybody there but um okay this is a good question now if you could go back okay. in time <laughs> yeah if you could go back in time and tell yourself three things what would they be Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good question. That's an interesting one. Um, right, okay. The first one that comes to mind is see an endo specialist. Um, because I knew that it was important to see a specialist, but kind of was like, no, it'll be fine. Even though, like, naively, um, yeah. <laughs> that was my attitude. Um, because... Endometriosis, for anyone who doesn't know, is a, co- a complex disease in itself, but it also can appear very differently in very different people. But also, there's a vast difference between how it appears sometimes in younger people versus older people. Yeah. And so, for example, like in older people, it might be more likely to look like red or dark red or black. Whereas in a younger person, it might appear like that, but it could also appear white. So then, if the surgeon is not familiar with that they could completely miss it Mm. um even if it's actually very severe which has been the situation in my case 
uh, but I did not know this. <laughs> um, so yeah, the gynecologist who did my surgeries is, don't get me wrong, amazing man, amazing doctor, but not an endospecialist. That's not his fault. Um, but I just needed to be seeing a specialist. So I eventually did. Um, and I'm very fortunate to now be on the waiting list for uh, excision surgery, um, oh, which I'm fantastic. sure will be really beneficial for me. Definitely. Um, however, obviously, if I could have like had all of this information two years ago, <laughs> yeah. um, things would have been hopefully like better sooner. But obviously, it is what it is. Um, that's the way life has gone and that's fine I'm lucky to hopefully be on the right path now um but yeah that's one thing I would say because while a lot of general gynecologists might be familiar with endometriosis even if they are quite knowledgeable um it's quite an intricate thing uh and as I said there can be discrepancies in how it's a approach but also as we said like how it looks in different people and most general gynecologists if they treat endometriosis probably treat it in like adult women yeah. um as opposed to teenagers or young women so that's one of the reasons why like I personally would say to myself to see a specialist sooner than I have done if that makes sense sorry I feel like that was very long-winded and rambly but no, hopefully that's a, good one. that's a really good one hopefully it made sense um the second one I would say is that uh I would tell myself that I wasn't exaggerating because <laughs> I think I spent a lot of my teenage years uh downplaying my symptoms to myself and to other people um yeah because I convinced myself that I just had a low pain threshold and needed to get on with it and that maybe I did just want attention and maybe it was all in my head even when things did get worse at first a lot of those thoughts were still there and I think because some of my symptoms had been present for a long time but present to an extent that I could kind of suppress them at home if that makes makes sense yeah uh I then, when I could no longer do that, I was like, well, this is my fault. When, of course, now I, it, it wasn't my fault. It's not my fault. It's not any of our fault if we're in pain or we have an illness like endometriosis. Um, but being quite a vulnerable, like, teenager, that's the way I felt. Uh, so I would tell myself that that's not true. <laughs> um, you're not over-exaggerating. It's not your fault. Um, you know, like, and it all work out in the end like it will become more manageable um that was kind of a couple in one but the main one being that you like know your own body and if you feel like something's wrong there probably is uh again sorry I feel like I really rambled <laughs> no definitely not and again another good point I think a lot of people <laughs> forget that because as you say you do start to believe when the doctors are telling you that it's you there's nothing wrong with you, you know, you're looking for attention or you're hypochondriac. There's so many and a lot do end up feeling like that and will not go to the doctors because of it. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's such a shame um, because it's, it's not true. Like people 
who have endometriosis aren't just like seeking drugs or attention or anything like that like they genuinely just want some relief because sometimes it really can be so painful yeah. um amongst other things so yeah I think it's important to remind ourselves that sometimes we can't control the things that our body kind of throws at us but that doesn't mean that it's our fault no definitely not um the last one I would say is probably that you can say no and that obviously is kind of open to interpretation but for me what that means is a in terms of like life stuff be it education social don't like burn yourself out trying to please other people by saying yes to absolutely everything um it's not gonna do you any favors and the good important people in your life uh while it's natural that sometimes friends and so on might be a little bit disappointed if you have to cancel plans and stuff like that the ones who are your true friends who are going to be there for a long time will ultimately understand and support you um so there's that which i think is important especially for teenagers i think um but also uh, in terms of like medical stuff and medical procedures, like if a doctor says we're going to do these procedures or we're going to put you on this medication, while of course doctors' advice can be essential and so important to take on board and listen to, you do not have to do everything a doctor or a parent or anyone tells you because ultimately it is your body. So if you're not comfortable with something, you do have the option to say no and I feel like that's not always something that we're told like I just it never crossed my mind as a 17 year old that I could have said no to some of the things that I kind of underwent in hospital um whereas now I know that there's certain things that I'm just not comfortable with and I will politely say no to um but at the time I didn't know that I could have done that and I think I could have avoided um a certain level of trauma had I um said no and known that I could say no and that no one was gonna like get angry with me for it yeah I think it can be intimidating when you're there and you know these doctors who supposedly know everything are saying well you need this that the other and if you don't know a lot to do with the condition, you will say yes to everything. I yeah, a hundred percent. Exactly. And sorry, go on. No, I was just gonna say it's always good to research before any appointments. Yeah, for sure. That can be really helpful is kind of going armed with information um so that you can firstly make informed decisions for yourself but also advocate for yourself if if necessary um but yeah I just think that sometimes we do things because we think they could help our physical health um and of course if they do end up helping then that's wonderful uh but now I know that it's important that I also take into account my mental health as well um because if I'm going to undergo a procedure that is somewhat likely going to help my physical health, but not definitely, but will definitely have a significant negative effect on my mental health, it's just important for me to weigh up 
yeah whether it's worth it and whether that's something I'm comfortable putting myself through and putting myself in certain situations that can be quite vulnerable um because ultimately it's the individual's choice and everyone is different so while getting advice from other people and medical professionals can like we said be so helpful uh it's your body so I think it's should be again like spoken about more that you should be the ones to have the final say and have control over what procedures or medications and so on you do or don't have because sometimes people just don't feel comfortable running the risk of having a pill that is gonna affect their mental health and things like that because as we said everyone's journey is different so yeah in conclusion (laughs) I just think it's important to know that it's your body so it's up to you to set boundaries with what you're comfortable with and any good friend or family member or especially medical professional um will respect that yeah that's really good so on the back of that because obviously it sort of falls into the same category is there any more advice you'd give for anybody with endo um yeah definitely um one of the main things I would probably say based on my own experience is that don't if you're just if you're seeing different doctors and having different tests and just being told we can't find anything there's nothing there's nothing there there's nothing clinically wrong with you don't just give up don't go well I'm not going to see any more doctors I'm not going to have any more tests because sometimes all it takes is seeing the right person and they will immediately spot something that no one else thought of um which might sound a bit cliche but it's something I experienced this year is problems that I've been having um kind of indirectly related to endometriosis uh could not work out why on earth I was having some of these symptoms nobody knew nothing was helping um I'd been really poorly at certain points and we just couldn't get to the bottom of it and I was referred to a new doctor and at the first appointment he said right I think this is what it is but I just need to do one scan to check did the scan that's what it is and now I'm on medication for it and those particular symptoms have been so much better and before I saw this particular doctor I was so at the point where I was just resigning myself to the fact that I was going to have this symptom for the rest of my life and there was no point having any more tests because nothing was going to work and that was obviously not true um and I appreciate that I'm so so lucky to have seen the right doctor who kind of got to the bottom of it and helped me out and to have had a different doctor refer me to him and all of that um but I think it really just shows that sometimes you have got to keep going even though it can be so exhausting and so draining and of course it's absolutely okay to take some time out from appointments and doctors and that if you feel like do you know what I need a month of no doctor's appointments then you do that because ultimately you do have to do what's best for you and you know what's best for you better than anyone else does just don't give up completely and don't feel like there's no hope because as much as yes things like endometriosis unfortunately as of right now there is no cure so yes for a lot of us it is going to be a part of our lives in some capacity for a very long time that doesn't mean that we can't still seek out answers and help if we 
a feel like there's more to it or feel like we need to try other options and things like that um but yeah I just think that ultimately you like I said you know your body um so don't try not to let as hard as it is try not to let all the kind of doctor appointments that you've come out of feeling deflated put you off of going to more because yeah. as much as it can be as we said like such a difficult thing to have to keep doing and keep coming away with no answers when you do get that answer it's it can be such a relief um so yeah I know it's it is easier said than done it really is um but like we kind of said it's your body so the decisions are yours and especially when you're a young person um because obviously at Andy Sport United one of our biggest focuses is working with and supporting teenagers who have endometriosis or suspected endometriosis um especially as a young person it, it can be like taking control as well um like if you're kind of having your family for example your parents say like maybe that's it like there is nothing they can find so let's stop going to all these doctors if that's what they say but you don't agree you have a right to say no I want an answer I want to keep going um just as you would also have a right to say actually I need to step back for a while um if that makes sense so yeah it's something my nan had always said to me um when she was trying to kind of like cheer me up after a doctor's appointment that hadn't gone very well or we were just like talking about um my illnesses was like sometimes all it takes is seeing the right person and I always kind of thought like that's like she's just saying that to make me feel better uh but now <laughs> I 100% believe that it's true because I've had a couple of instances of seeing a doctor who was 100% the right person eventually for me to see uh, and then they've ended up really, really helping. So as much as it can be pretty horrendous, to be frank, um, to get to that point, don't let like the system kind of beat you down to the point where you don't want to keep trying. Um, and obviously that is so hard because it's very draining having to go to doctor's appointments all the time and stuff like that. Um, but as long as you can, keep going and I genuinely do believe that everyone will get their answers eventually um unfortunately we know that for some of us that takes an incredibly kind of disgust disgustingly long time uh but you deserve your answers so don't think that you don't deserve to keep pushing on so that you get them if that makes sense um yeah. once again sorry for the rambly ridiculously long answer you but hopefully it makes sense it does definitely um, thank you it's been absolutely amazing to sit and talk to you about everything and um, i think the viewers are gonna love it as well so well, thank you so much for having me on this is so exciting um, i know yeah it's been lovely speaking to you and thank you too and um, that's it everyone until next time thank you for listening